0: Welcome to season two of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your go to weekly business podcast that's fluff free, to the point, and filled to the brim with real strategies and honest experiences that will help you in your business. We keep most episodes bite sized because I know you're busy. I'm Katrina Aronson, your host and a marketing and business strategy coach for small business entrepreneurs. I've started and scaled my own multi six figure businesses before even becoming a coach. And my deepest desire is to help women to have the tools and the confidence to do whatever is on their heart and make money doing it. Let's jump into today's episode. Oh, hello there and welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And if you're coming back, thank you for being here. I'm going to dive right in. So I want to open up today a bit about my journey and some of the hardest parts of actually launching and growing this business, which might be different than what you are expecting. And I really want to go there today. So maybe you're on a path that feels messy or confusing. Um, Maybe you are just not happy with where you are and you want to make more money, which is obviously a theme that comes up with a lot of entrepreneurs, but you can't seem to find that opening or make it work. And I want to share a bit about my failures and successes to help you see your own story in a brand new light. Um, so a little bit of background on me, in case you didn't know, I started my career in corporate finance and I have always been an entrepreneur at heart. I am the girl who would go to Costco with my mom and buy candy and then turn around and sell it for Double and triple to people on my street and people at school. I was tutoring and babysitting, and I had a dream uh, around 12 years old. I remember that's really where it came to life that I really wanted to own a boutique. I loved um, the curation, I loved walking into a boutique and the way that it made me feel. But Because I went into the corporate finance world and that's the path that I took, I really had zero experience in the retail world. So owning a clothing and accessories boutique was pretty far out of my realm. And let's be honest, corporate finance lended itself to a really nice paycheck, but I decided to leave that. And, um, I went back to grad school for social work, which might be a little bit confusing, but I knew that I really loved helping people. So I went back to grad school for social work, and I simultaneously got a lot of experience in the boutique world by working at a boutique in Manhattan at the same time and really getting under the hood of that business. Um And that was a major change, obviously, going from what people define as success, certainly in my world, um, and then moving to what felt a lot more confusing to people. So I think the hardest part in making that change was less about me and more about having to explain it to everyone else, right? And at that point in my life, I did feel like I had to explain it to everyone who asked questions. Uh, I remember my loving and genuinely supportive grandfather told me, uh, what are you doing? Uh, You're probably not going to find happiness in social work because you're not gonna find the money that I know you desire. And another family member who um, she, she and I were driving around Manhattan together. I believe we were in a cab together and she told me how boutiques don't last very long. It's really not a great idea. And I just remember wanting to jump out of that car. <laughs> um, and basically these things were coming at me at all times. So maybe that is something you can relate to. And all I can say is that there are so many opinions coming at you um, and pushing those opinions away and dealing with those opinions was really difficult because what it required was staying firm in who I was and what I wanted in a time that didn't feel clear, right? I was trying to discover what would come next for me and... Um, yeah, so really being firm in in who I was and what I was after in a time where I didn't really know what that looked like was really difficult. And I knew pretty quickly that social work was not going to be my direct path. I loved social work school, but I didn't want to work in a hospital setting or a school setting, which is a lot of what they kind of push in that world. But I love that aspect of helping people. So little did I know that I would be going into business coaching and I actually use so many of my social work skills. So it's funny how the universe works, right? It really did come to fruition. So I didn't know what that would look like. And I knew that pretty quickly being in social work school. But I remember working with my social work mentor because I had a one on one mentor. in, who was in private practice herself. And I remember her talking to me about, you know, what do you want to do next? And, and I do remember saying, you know, I really want to let the finance hustle go. I knew that from a really early stage in that part of my journey that I just didn't want that kind of feeling of constantly reacting to people and everything felt like it was on fire. I really wanted to let, that feeling go? And she said to me, never let those pieces of you go because they're going to be the reason you are really successful in whatever comes next, right? And how beautiful because I had no idea what my next was going to be, but I really was clear that, um, I wanted to kind of shift things, but having those experiences that I did have and we all have in our journey really does allow for me to understand when someone is in that hustle mindset and they want to get out, I completely empathize because I really have been there myself. So exactly what she said to me that really stuck with me. Even in that moment, I was able to really feel what she was saying Um, and it really gave me confidence as I moved into the next stage to talk about what my past was. What I will note is that if I didn't have social work grad school to teach me how to work with people in one-on-one settings, um, I had an internship that I got to really experience how to help families and how to help people one-on-one. I don't know if I would have had the confidence to go into business coaching the way that I did, right? So you do not recognize today what you are grabbing to take with you for tomorrow. Uh, I stayed the course in my boutique world, okay? So I ended up buying for this boutique that I was working for. I learned as much as I possibly could. I was really lucky because the owner of the boutique didn't actually live in Manhattan, So, she was willing to give a lot of the responsibilities that I really wanted to learn about to me. I was also taking classes at FIT, uh, Fashion Institute of Technology, and I was getting to visit showrooms and go to shows and really understand how all of this stuff that people don't really talk about, you just see the end product, how that process worked. And I was just soaking up as much information as I possibly could. And then I had my first baby. And um, honestly, at that point, I was not sure if I was going to go work for another company. I got a great offer that I didn't end up taking. And that was a really hard call because it was such a good job and would have been a really strong experience. But it was so corporate that I'm very glad that I didn't take it because I don't know, know what path that would have taken me on. So instead, I stayed home with my daughter and intentionally stayed really connected in the fashion industry, which was a bit of a personal identity crisis because I loved being home with my daughter in some respects, but I really struggled with not being um, being able to learn as much as I possibly could. So this is where I learned something incredible. You can feel two things that are true at the exact same time. And I'm sharing that because I really didn't understand that it was okay to be grateful to be able to be home with my daughter, but to also long for something else, right? And that really was, um, kind of a pivotal piece for me. It pushed me to make goals for myself. I knew I didn't want to stay home forever. Uh, That wasn't for me, but I tried to really enjoy that period of time. I remember the feeling of feeling like I was running out of time. And maybe you know that feeling. Like my business was going to leave the station without me. And of course, that was not true. But I bring that back to the fact that I always felt like I had to explain my story to people, right? So when you feel like you are proving yourself to the outside world, when you're in that state of not really knowing what's coming next, it's difficult, right? So I felt like I was letting opportunities slip through my fingertips. And I'm, I'm sharing that as well because if that is something that you have experienced or maybe you're experiencing it now, I want you to know that nothing is going to leave the station without you. Okay? And really being okay and finding a way to be okay with this season and where you are now and knowing that it won't stay here forever is very, very powerful and a lesson that took me a very long time to really wrap my head around. So fast forward, we moved a couple of years later from Manhattan to Florida. And like I said, I was really intentionally staying connected in the fashion world. And um, I was able to make some really wonderful connections in the jewelry space and I started a jewelry line with one of the connections I made in that boutique world. Um, I had done buying, as I mentioned, and went to a bunch of shows. And I had met a vendor who hooked me up with a manufacturer. And we started creating a line together. So I started mostly selling wholesale. And so we were creating four stores. We were doing a lot of custom pieces for the store's um, we did create collections as well. And we really focused on keeping the prices affordable, but also really high-end quality. She was actually able to find me uh, micropave diamonds, and we were able to make pieces from those. So it was really quite different from what the boutiques were getting elsewhere. And what that did for me is it really allowed me, in the back door of some of these boutiques, to see what was truly going on, right? They were willing to share things with me because I wasn't competition for them, right? So again, it allowed me to stay in the door without physically having a boutique yet. And um, I was still working very part-time in this job. And about two years later, um, when I really felt like I was ready, I mean, I didn't feel completely ready, no one ever does, But I decided to go ahead and take um, open a boutique. We found a spot that was really good on the rent side and very close to our house, which was important to me because now I had two babies at home. And um, we were able to build that business into multi-six figures our very first year. And we really grew by quite a lot every single year a lot of that I would attribute to the fact that we had multiple revenue streams for our boutique by year three. So of course we had the in-shop sales. We also did, we also had services. So we had in-home closet editing services where we would come to your house, completely revamp your closet, help you to donate things, help you to sell certain things. Um, and we also had a style delivery box, so we did that for our really high-end clients, um, and we would actually deliver them to their door, and we would pick them up from them. So anything they didn't want to actually keep, a lot of the style boxes that do that today, which are coming from Nordstrom and you know um, people who have a lot more inventory, we were doing it back then. So that season was filled with a lot of joy and change and excitement and also a lot of hidden exhaustion. Okay. So I said yes to everything. I was on a mission to get our name out there, which is really important in the beginning of your business. So yes to the charities, yes to the events, yes to the partnerships and to the advertising. And um, we were running at full speed. At all times, which is often how you get things going at first, but absolutely can run you into the ground. And here is what sits wrong for me about that in particular, and I want you to hear me on this if you're in a season of total hustle. I was juggling a lot and between home and um, home life, kid life, so everything going on at school. Um, anything going on with the nanny, um, also trying to keep us healthy and fed and um, take care of myself and also take care of this budding business. Okay. So it's a lot that you're putting on yourself. And I didn't know that that wasn't how it was supposed to feel. In other words, I believed that that's just how running a business was, that you were always putting out fires and you were always in crisis mode. And it was normal to, to forget to attend meetings or, um, you know, have things slip through the cracks. It just always felt like I was playing catch up and it was very exhausting. As I'm telling you this, I literally feel that anxiety coming up in me. I didn't know how to ask for the help I actually needed. I had a lot of help in some ways, right? We had staff at the store. We had um, a nanny for our littlest one. We had our daughter in school, which sounds like a lot of help, but it was so much coordination. I had my hands in everything, what people were eating. I didn't really let go of anything in particular because I didn't feel like I could. Okay. So Um, if you are a mom that has kids at all, but I had two kids under five, you know, that it is a lot of stress just in that. And, um, I wasn't really letting go of anything in particular. I want you to know that if you're a mom in that season, whether you have one kid, two kids, five kids, it gets easier. You will not always need to wipe them and be there with them all the time and be on top of them to um, eat a certain way. Of course, you're going to have to keep them healthy. <laughs> That's just going to be our jobs forever. But um, recognizing that they will at some point tell you that you they're hungry, right? Versus you knowing when they need to be eating. And if you're growing and starting a business, it won't always feel as hard as it does in the beginning. As your kids get older, they get more self-sufficient. And the same thing happens with business if you're doing it right, right? So a lot of this is about asking for the right kind of help. Um, that was a skill that I really had to hone And I did recognize that at the time, I just didn't know how to actually find the help to teach me that. So when I reflect, I see how much better I could have done with teaching my team and also allowing them to own various projects. Okay. I, um, I let them have some of the reins on things, but when it came to letting them be the boss of a project, that was really hard for me to let go of. And um, I also see now years later how I could have really leaned on my partner a lot more, but I tried um, to control a lot of things, right? And I truly believe that being in that crisis mode was normal. So I didn't recognize how he could help me. Um, We have also done a lot of work around that. So really looking at it now, And seeing the amount of help that he gives me at home now, Um, just for an example, he now helps two days a week. He'll come home at five. And this is also a season in his career that he can do that. He will come home at five and actually get dinner going. And I can work as late as I need to those nights. So I know that those nights I am not needed necessarily. So that's when I'll schedule certain things in the evening. Right. So those kinds of things we didn't have set up. So I was the one coming home. I was the one relieving everyone. Right. That's a lot to put on yourself. And I see a lot of women doing that. Right. Feels really, really normal for us to be the ones taking it on. But if we don't have those conversations with our partners, then how are they supposed to know that that is what we need? Right. And what I would always say is, why doesn't he just know? Well, they also have society telling them something very different as well. So it is on us to have those conversations together. And um, after a few years of being in that headspace, we were asked whether or not we were going to resign our lease. And uh, we knew that we had outgrown that space. So we really were looking for a new location that aligned and uh we found one space we really liked we actually didn't get it and ultimately um i realized that i didn't want to sign a 5 year lease for a space that i wasn't absolutely in love with if you have a brick and mortar if you go into brick and mortars you know how important the location actually is from so many aspects walking in the way that it makes you feel i mean literally the the parking that's available all of those things can be blocks for people. So it's really important to make that the best that it can be. So that was the first time that we decided to talk about selling. It was actually my husband who brought it up. And that was a really difficult conversation to have because I identified myself so much with what this store was, right? Um, But I really came to peace with, okay, maybe this is the path for me. Maybe there's something beyond this. And it took a little bit of time, but lo and behold, a woman walked in the door of the boutique a couple of weeks later, and she was really interested in opening a boutique. And we got to talking about it, and we just had a lovely conversation around the idea of her buying. And um, anyways, so... That is. That's how that came into fruition. It was pretty wild, and the decision to say goodbye to owning a boutique was made a lot easier through that process. And I realized that I really loved pieces of the boutique that um, I could take with me. So that community aspect of the boutique was really hard for me to let go of because. I felt like I was letting people down, right? So um, that was really an interesting thing that came up for me, that letting people down feeling was so familiar from when I left finance, right? Different people I was letting down. But when you are not living out other people's versions of success, it's going to be hard for them, Right, and then I recognized that feeling because I had been there before. That I was letting this boutique go, and um, it was just such a different season for me. That I was really clear that this was the right path for me. I didn't really know what was coming next again, right? But other people were asking similar questions that they asked when I left finance. Um, but I just felt so much stronger in. What I was doing, and more certain that this change would make sense for me, um, I knew that that community aspect was something I was going to want to recreate. So I I wasn't really sad about letting go of a hard location that um, I was going to get to travel more and and enjoy holidays, right? Because in the boutique worlds, there is so much traffic during those holiday times. So it was hard for me to have a normal schedule of traveling. And so I knew I was going to get that. And I really looked forward to some of those pieces. I was allowed to feel two things at the same time. And I allowed myself to really be there and experience that. I do remember the feeling very well of, oh my God, what am I going to do next? But also being aware that it would come. And, um, I really gave myself the space this time to breathe and discover. So similarly, you know, after finance, I had obviously planned to go back to grad school and start working. And I kind of filled my days with many things so I could learn and take in information and figure out what came next. But I was in a very different place. And as Brene Brown shares, the cure for overwhelm, which is really how I would describe a lot of my days, is nothingness. So when making these big transitions, um, it is often the best thing that we can do to become really clear to just give ourselves space and time. And that as an entrepreneur and someone who likes to do is very difficult, but it is something that I'm very grateful that I gave myself the time and the space to have and and be in. Um, And what happened was very organic. So in that space and time, um, and, and while I own the boutique, by the way, but Friends and friends of friends were reaching out to me to get coffee, to talk about a business they were starting, to talk about an idea they had. And it was very casual. There was no payment exchange. I was just meeting them for coffee and um, going on walks and talking about launch parties. So a lot of it felt really nice. And I must have been putting that energy out there because it felt like every week I was helping someone with their idea or helping them with their marketing or helping them to understand sales tax. A lot of it wasn't very sexy, but those were the pieces that people obviously knew that I could help them with. So I loved the helping people. It felt so fulfilling to me. And I said to my husband pretty early on, I think there's something here, but I'm not sure what it is yet. Okay, wait, before we move on, I want to ask you to do two things for me today. Subscribe to this podcast, and if you like what you hear, rate us wherever you listen. We appreciate your five-star reviews so much. I read each one, and I could not be more grateful for you. So I promised myself and my husband that I would not commit to anything for at least... Six months we said a year at first, and then we changed it to six months and That felt a lot more palatable to me than a year. So after six months of really just thinking and giving myself space, a lot of time with my kids, a lot of um, a lot of listening, a lot of learning, but not going to classes. It was a lot of just like conversational learning. I decided there that I was going to start consulting with small businesses. And that's really where I got my feet wet. And what I did was started working with businesses with the question of like, what do you really need? Where are you struggling? And the common theme that was coming up was definitely marketing and then hiring. So those were the two places that people identified that they were struggling. And this was a really important piece for me to take in because having owned a small business, I understood that spending money in places that I wasn't ready to spend money or I didn't feel like it was my problem, then I wouldn't spend the money there. I would spend money on the places where I saw issues. So I really listened to what these businesses were asking for. And then I got really good. Right. So I had already owned a small business. I understood the marketing side. I understood how to get people in the door. So I had to learn a lot more about the online marketing component for people who are more in the service-based businesses. So how are we driving people locally, but then also how are we driving people to your online business? And, um, What people would say is, I need help with SEO, I need help with emails, I need help with uh, social media. So it was a lot of marketing in different words, right? They were identifying it as their particular needs. And then it would be a lot about the hiring, So, once we had those things in full swing and they understood how to do it, how are they actually going to take it on? Were they going to do the emails or was someone else going to do it for them? And as a consultant, I was doing a lot of the done for you, but that was not my long term goal. So, it was a lot of teaching them how to train people to do these things, um, hiring people that they didn't have to necessarily pay uh, for a full time salary, right? So, COVID really got us up to speed with the virtual assistant roles, but before that, a lot of people hadn't heard about what a virtual assistant was. Um, so from there, my consulting eventually turned into coaching and it was a really natural transition. I had hired my own coaches. It was quite an organic process for me. And the social worker in me came out, right? This made so much sense. Um, And I had spent a lot of time really working with people to understand what this could look like um, and really bringing my past back, just like my one-on-one mentor in social work really talked about. It came up here, right? All of my experiences came up. So all the things that you're trying to get away from are actually the things you're going to lean into. And when I hired my coach, Lacey, I really shifted a lot of my focus to um, sustainability, to shift away from that hustle mindset that I hated to um, uh, creating order and scalability. And that's a huge part of what I teach now. Because I really had to live that experience, right? I had to live that hustle and that pain. And a lot of times that pain and struggle gives us the motivation to do the next thing that's actually better for us. If we don't have that pain and struggle, we often don't have the motivation to actually do that thing. So sustainability for a business became, I don't want to say an obsession of mine, but certainly... A focus of mine in when I am coaching people. And I went from offering a lot of one on one, getting booked out um, to offering group coaching to allow for scalability. But I did that over a longer period of time. So I really allowed myself to learn how a group would work. And all of this, all of my experiences of how I can really give myself the space and um, teach or or learn a ton about it really played into this as well. I wasn't in a rush. I didn't feel like my business was going to leave the station without me anymore. I knew better having been through everything and I didn't want to feel that anxiety in starting this too soon for myself, right? It wasn't about anyone else's idea of success, it was me feeling good, right? So it was a really beautiful shift from one-on-one to group coaching and allowing for that group coaching experience to be a container that is very similar to a one-on-one in that you're getting a lot of access, but bringing in that community feel. That Was something that I loved and held very near and dear. So I really wanted to allow for the group to have that beautiful feeling. Um, So these big shifts for me have been always about going after what felt really good to me and trying to avoid um, the. upsetting other people, right? So understanding now that you are going to upset people, you are going to experience their pain, right? When they see you going off the course that they believe you're supposed to be on, that is where it is coming from. So if you can really understand that and see it, it's almost something that you can smile at and know that it's not coming from a bad place. It's just a natural thing when we see people going off course that we try to corral them and bring them back so that we feel comfortable, right? So it's also helpful to know that that's what you're doing sometimes and being aware of that will hopefully allow you to not do that to other people. What I recognized is my choices are valid even if they seem messy to the outside world. So even if you are feeling like, your path is messy and hard to explain, it might not make sense yet, but if you keep at it, it will make sense, right? It's not throwing in the towel towel that will allow that to come to fruition. If you listen to everyone else and you don't lean into the things that feel really good, it probably will, will seem a lot messier to you, right? So, some of the things I just wanted to share that came up for me as I was putting together this episode. Um, in order to really get out of the hustle, I have to map out my days so that I am responsive and not reactive. Because reactive can be a really natural thing for me coming from my own experiences and um, personally and professionally it doesn't always feel bad for me to be in chaos, right? Sometimes I feel more productive when I am in chaos. Um, But that's not something that feels good to me. So I have to set myself up for success there. And what that looks like on a day-to-day is having systems, so having things in place where if someone um, wants to book a call with me or I have invoices or I have emails to go out, Those systems are in place so that I don't have to be putting out fires or um, I know that things are going to be done even if I'm, I'm not pressing send. Now, aligning with clients is also really important and saying no to those that I don't feel aligned with. And that's really important too because a lot of times it's hard, right? We want to make more revenue and so we want to say yes to certain people but we know they're not a good fit for various reasons. Um, I've definitely had uh, prospects that came to me that were, you know, they were going to pay me above and beyond. And I recognized that they were not going to allow me to have the business that I actually wanted to have. Maybe they wanted more access than I was giving or they wanted to kind of create their own package. And in the beginning, that Is okay, right? We're kind of figuring out what we want our businesses to look like. But once you are set, it's really sticking to those boundaries that have allowed me to not be in a reactive place. Not always easy. And also recognizing what my values even are. And that really comes from giving myself the white space to do it and sitting down and really thinking about what do I want my business to look like? writing out my values as if there were 20 people in my business so that I could have that set up for myself, for my team, but also just something for me to come back to and say like, I don't want to work 60 hour weeks. It is important to me that I operate from a place of integrity and I'm always showing up for, for people, but I don't want to feel like they are, um, completely dependent on me. That is not the kind of coach that I am. So really being able to come back to my values and tap into them. The next thing I wanted to bring up is really scaling my business instead of piling on top of, which I know a lot of us entrepreneurs are really, really good at just kind of creating more work for ourselves. So how do we scale instead of just having more stuff to do. I just want to say that those are very, very different things, okay? It is really easy for us to just have a to-do list 10 miles long because we said yes to absolutely everything that is not scaling. Scaling is about you being able to take on more things that allow more revenue for your business, allow you to have more clients, whatever your business looks like, but also having... The systems and the people in place so that you know other people will be able to handle things for you, right? And really having those in place beforehand. Um, Again, those systems come up. Systems are really, really important so that you know certain things are getting done. For example, their invoices are going out on the right day and you know that they're getting the reminder emails. Okay. I don't send out one reminder email. I know if people are not paying. Um, Because the emails keep going out and I'm getting them too So, um, and the other thing I want to mention is charging the numbers that make sense So this is difficult for a lot of women and I definitely understand Um, but it is really important on multiple levels that you're not charging too little Uh, of course you want that number to feel good to you. But What I hear all the time is my clients can't afford that or Will people actually pay that number? And if you're charging too little, what happens a lot of time is, first of all, resentment around what it is that you are doing, which is very toxic. Um, But let's just talk about it from a logistical standpoint. If you are going to scale your business and you're not charging enough, you're charging too little. You're going to hire people that are not high quality, or you're not even going to hire people, so you're not actually scaling. You are doing everything. And if you're doing everything, then you are just piling on top of, and there's only one of you. So you know you're not going to do as good of a job as you could. And isn't it better to take less clients on and charge a number that feels really good and allow for your business to scale? Then having you run around like a chicken with its head cut off and still not making the number you want to make, right? So that's kind of really important and something I had to wrap my head around as I went from, excuse me, a beginning coach to more experience to even more experience to then scaling to groups, right? I had to come up with the numbers that really felt aligned with the value I was bringing and not allowing my own insecurities or worries about my clients not being able to pay to come into it. Um, And then one other thing I wanted to mention here is that, um, you know, growing your business, scaling your business in a way that makes sense for your life as it is today. So what I mean by that is if you are in a season of life that you have kids that are really young that need you all the time and you're not available more than a couple hours a day to work, right? We, I've heard kind of all the variations of this. It is really hard for you to grow a business at full speed. And if you do, if you try to, oftentimes you will burn out. So there are ways to not do it like a crazy mad woman. And um, on on the flip side, as your kids go to school and Um, you have a little bit more space really blocking out your day so that you can allow for that growth and setting yourself up, for example, in an office space or whatever you need. For example, I cannot work very well in my house because I have um, meetings that are on Zoom and I don't necessarily want my kids to be in the background of meeting. Now, if I was a a coachy, that would be very different, but it's important for me to have the space. And if I don't allow for myself to grow in the way that makes sense for my life, then I'm gonna be holding back on so many things, right? So maybe I wouldn't take on as many clients because I, I would feel like I I couldn't have as many things going on in my house, which is fine if that's the way you're growing for your own life. So the point is here for you to really reflect what are the things that I need to grow at the speed that I want to and grow in the way that I want to. It's not going to look the same as it does for anybody else. That is so important to take home because what we see on social media is all these people who are 20 steps ahead of us who have already put in all of this work and we're comparing ourselves where we are today to that person. And that is just not real right? So what do you need to get to the next place as your life looks like today? Okay. So everything that I have shared with you today, I hope that it helps you to see that um, wherever you are, whatever season you're in, whatever you're feeling, whether it's messy, you want more money, there's things feel confusing. I want you to know that it is normal and we don't talk about that enough in being an entrepreneur. It is normal and your messiness is going to make sense at some point if you do the work and the most important thing of everything we're talking about is that mindset piece, is the doing work on yourself, is the giving yourself the space because when we do not give ourselves the space, when we do not give ourselves that mindset work and we are getting so many opinions and so much pushback from the outside worlds you need to have a strong enough constitution in what you want and who you are that you will not waver or question yourself constantly you don't have the space for that what we do as entrepreneurs is make decisions that is what an entrepreneur is. So give yourself that gift. Your challenges truly are setting you up for way bigger successes. And we hear that all the time, but I hope that you see it. And with that, I want to say thank you for trusting me with your very precious time If this episode was inspiring or helpful or whatever you think it was, please leave us a review, share the episode. That's how these engines grow. I appreciate you so much. I hope you continue to shift your perspective and grow both personally and professionally. I am so honored to be part of your journey with all things business, life, mindset, and seeing it through the marketing lens. I will see you here next Tuesday with a brand new episode. So, I keep these episodes short because I know how busy you are, but that shouldn't stop you from growing your badass business. So, if you want more growth centered content, I am here to serve. I want to invite you to hop into the show notes right now and sign up for our weekly emails pronto. Or you can do this on my website, whatever's easier for you, um, katrinaaronson.com no catch, just really valuable content that I create all the time that is meant to help you to grow your business brick by brick. That's how I've done it and helped over a hundred inspirational women to do the same. So what are you waiting for? It's totally free and I'll see you in there.